Hello my fine friends and welcome to Rahalastapa this week with the amazing Olga Cock. Ah, I started wearing reading glasses and now I'm blind if I take them off. What's the point of that? Um, hey look, we're going through difficult times but there's lots of fun stuff for us to do. We've got enough Rahalastapas to keep you going for a few weeks. We're going to try and do some more remotely. Uh, but you might be able to watch those live if you join me at twitch.tv slash Richard uh, RK Herring. It'll be on the screen. Twitch.tv slash RK Herring. Uh, we're doing stone clearing 8am every morning for about 45 minutes. We're doing snooker at 7.30pm. Trying to find the world's best self-playing snooker player. It's very exciting. Some fantastic uh, snooker going on. We're going to do some Rahala stoppers, as I say, remotely. Uh, and all of it is free for the moment, but if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can give us free money at no cost to yourself by signing up for Twitch, linking your Amazon Prime and Twitch accounts, which you do by going to Amazon Prime, put Twitch Prime into the search engine, click on the Twitch Prime icon, go about halfway down the page, there's a little box saying link your accounts, press that, come back to twitch.tv slash rkherring, press the subscribe button at the top, roll down until you see the Twitch Prime subscription, click that, you've just given us... So I've just been eating licorice. You've just given us $5 or something. We don't get all of it, but we get most of it. And it doesn't automatically resubscribe. So if you could put a little note in your diary, recurring calendar, go and subscribe to RK Herring on twitch.tv. Uh, you can give us that money every single month for no cost to yourself. If you think the podcasts are worth something, that would be a great way to pay us back. There's basically a huge pile of money that Ian Amazon is sitting on. I mean, he got divorced from his wife. His wife took a lot of the money, but he's still got loads of money. He thinks no one knows it's there, but you know it's there. Why don't you go, if you know anyone with Amazon Prime, make them do this. Uh, there's probably 10 million people who could do it in the world, uh, at least, probably in the UK. So let's get them all to give me $5 a month, uh, every single month, and then we can make feature films every single month once this madness is over. We're going to try and keep you entertained. Do stay safe. Do stay talking to your friends. If you're on your own, uh, self-isolating, then please do come along to twitch.tv slash rkherring and you can join in. There's a bit of chat, a bit of fun. We'll try and do various things through the day. Uh, keep an eye on Twitter for that. You know you can go to gofasterstripe.com and download DVDs and books and become a monthly badger. You know all this stuff. And just listening to the podcasts and old podcasts will help us raise money to help our Sky Potato Empire get through this little bumpy period of time let's hope it's a short period of time but i have a feeling it might be a long period of time we will try to keep you entertained for as long as we can thanks for listening to this long rambling start now let's sit back relax and enjoy rahala stapa with olga cock ladies and gentlemen welcome to the cambridge corn exchange you haven't seen me yet remember uh, please welcome a man who is disgusted to return to Cambridge with the most disgusting travel lodge in the world in it, it is Richard Herring that's more like it that's good you're much better than the audience who I did the warm-up to <laughs> whoever did this warm-up was a fucking fantastic comedian because I tell you you've Turned on a sixpence. Uh, welcome! <laughs> welcome to Richard Herring's Liverpool Street Train podcast. It's um, got to come up with a new idea for a podcast. There's so many podcasts out there. This one is just the best way to escape Cambridge. That is basically just, that's just get on a Liverpool Street-based train. 
just advice on how to escape this horrible city. <laughs> nicest city in the world. Uh, I was hanging around in the Ascension Parish burial ground uh, the other day uh, near the grave of Ludwig Wittgenstein. His ghost appeared and said, whereof one cannot speak, thereof must be silent. But I call it Rehelestopa, that's what he said. So I don't know if that's going to catch on Ludwig Wittgenstein's... He's buried in Cambridge. That's, uh, that's the research. <laughs> And it is lovely to be back in Cambridge. This is the site, I've talked about this on the podcast before, this is the site of the Travelodge where I, um, I was at the, uh, the junction, a much smaller venue uh, than this one. It was full though. Uh, and um, <laughs> and uh, I was staying in the Travelodge right opposite. It was very convenient, uh, but I realised when I got into the room, I was so tired on tour, uh, the, the shower curtain in, the, in my bathroom had a huge bogey on it belonging to a previous inhabitant of the room, which is not a good sign in any way, is it? Uh, but I was too tired and too scared to complain, complain so just when I had a shower, I just pushed the shower curtain very far away and, and vowed never to stay in a travel lodge ever again, which should also be a vow you should make, my friends. This is... It'd be good if travel lodge choose to advertise on this podcast. <laughs> they will be disappointed. Do not go there. Uh, so we're in Cambridge. Uh, uh, famous, of course, for the Cambridge diet. Uh, came out in the 1990s, <laughs> as did this joke. <laughs> I may have done this joke at uh, the Cambridge Corner Exchange uh, with Lee and Herring in about 1994. Uh, the Cambridge diet <laughs> involved cycling everywhere in a long black coat, in a long black, a long black gown, uh, and being rude and obnoxious to ordinary, decent working people. That is the... Uh, you don't lose any weight, but it does entitle you to a part in any film by Kenneth Branagh. 1990s, so it's fine, it's a 1990s joke. Uh, what else have I learnt about Cambridge? I, I didn't know this until uh, I was in Oxford, actually, but Cambridge uh, was established by Oxford scholars. Did you know that? So it's, you're just the offshoot. And they were Oxford scholars who were too scared <laughs> of living in Oxford and ran away because there was lots of riots and stuff. They ran, they were the, it was the scaredy-cat Oxford guys who couldn't even... were so scared of living in Oxford, probably because of the car plant. There's a lot of working-class men up there. So... Uh, might not have been a big thing in uh, 1308, you're right. That was the joke. It's all right, keep up. <laughs> Cleverest fucking audience in the world. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm saying is Oxford is better than Cambridge. That is, that is what I'm trying to say there. Uh, uh, Byron, of course, uh, was furious uh, when he went to his college. He couldn't keep a dog in his room. He had a dog and it was against college rules for him to keep a dog. So instead, Byron kept a bear in his room. Did you know that story? That's amazing because there was no rule. There was, no, there was no legal basis for the college to get rid of the bears. They had to let him keep it. Or they could have just changed the rules and said, you can't have a bear in it. It's, that, it's literally that easy. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> People in Cambridge are idiots. Uh, that's literally all I've got for you. <laughs> and we're going to go home. Uh, there's, there'll be maybe more in next week's show. We will find out. So I... There may not be. It's such a lovely place, Cambridge. It was very hard to... You come to some places. I was in Manchester. That's an easy place to take the pits out of. Birmingham, oh, awful. <laughs> Cambridge is just lovely, and it's like living in Harry Potter world. What can you take the piss out of? Nothing. It's too lovely. Anyway, my guest this week is probably best known for being the writer of These Women Wear Strap-Ons to Work. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, doesn't it? We're going to find out more about that. Will you please welcome the amazing Olga Koch, ladies and gentlemen. 
Hello, come in. You're, you can sit here. There's a microphone. Everything. We thought of everything. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, Olga. How are you doing? That's such an excellent credit to have chosen. Thank you so much. It's all right. Tell us a bit. I've watched it. I've watched you. You wrote it. I think you might be in it. I don't think you were in, in the... I was at the very end. Oh, one you? of the only women not wearing a strap. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so what's the, what's the premise behind uh, the women wearing strap-ons to work? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Basically, <laughs> the idea is that women aren't getting the respect they deserve at the office, so in order to get the respect they deserve, they just wear strap-ons yeah. to work. It's pretty good. I mean, the best part of it was to get getting the BBC to buy strap-ons, <laughs> and then the producer being like, I had to give this to my boss, 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 and it said, like, hot pink, naturalistic. <laughs> It's whoever, whoever had to give the receipts into accounts. Yeah. That would, that would have been... <laughs> and there's a bit where what, one of the cocks gets cut off with, a, yeah. with one of those paper slicer things. That's, that's, <laughs> a lot of people in the comments believed that this was a real thing that happened in an office. Oh, really? <laughs> and it brings me so much joy. <laughs> so, Olga, what a life story you've had. No, I don't want to hear about it. So, let, just, for people, just for people who might not be aware of, uh, of who you are, you were born in Russia. All of you. <laughs> also, can I just say that yeah. you... Okay, so I was in a final of a, a comedy competition a couple of years ago, and you hosted it, and this I... is such a beautiful full-circle moment for me. I'm so honoured, I'm so blessed, thank you so much. It's okay, it's lovely to have you. You're a fantastic stand-up comedian. Um, uh, and I remember that. I, I was probably quite drunk and eating pizza. That's all. I, I, I would do those. It was the Leicester Square new act of the yeah. year, right? And I remember it. In 2016. Oh, uh, I think it's the last one I did because then I moved out of London. And so it wasn't as appealing. I mean, and I did it, so. It wasn't, wow. a, it wasn't as appealing an idea. But they would give you pizza and I could drink as much beer as I wanted. And that's basically what got paid. So I don't remember much about the night. That's but, so uh, rock and roll. I remember, I remember the pizza. It was great. <laughs> Um, uh, so you're born in Russia, St. Petersburg. Yes. You're born in St. Petersburg, which I love. I've been to St. Petersburg. How do you feel about it? Uh, how do I feel about it? He just said he loved it. I'm I sorry. love it. Um, uh, Russia's I... best when you know you can leave. Okay, <laughs> that is probably true. It's a little bit scary. Now, what I'm, let's talk about my my interest in St. Petersburg comes because I'm very interested in Rasputin, the historical figure. But Russian people aren't that. In, do you know much about Rasputin? I do. He had a very big penis. Well, so um, possibly. I mean, it's just science. That also possibly got cut off with a... It's, 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 <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, I think a lot of people in Russia... Well, first of all, there's this, like, really murky kind of relationship with the, 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 the royal family in Russia. I mean, the Russian royal family, just because of communism. Yeah. And, like, how the history is, like, drip-fed to people in very obscure ways. Um, but... My, I learned about Rasputin through 20th Century Fox cartoon Anastasia. <laughs> Anybody seen that? Meg Ryan, John Cusack. No one has seen that cartoon. Uh, yeah, people have seen it. He's he's a kind of evil figure in that. In yeah, that cartoon. and then I found out about the real guy, and that guy's like even more fucked up. Well, arguably, he claimed to cure hemophilia. Well, he did cure hemophilia. Did he? Well, he stopped uh, the, the. He fucked the arena. Well, he didn't, he didn't do that. Is that just a rumour? Yeah, well, if that's the Boney M song. I mean, if you're going to take that as a historical source. Where do was... you get your history? <laughs> there was, that was the rumour. I think, it's hard to say. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of work on oh, Rasputin. Okay, I've written two shows about Rasputin. 
one very comic about Boney M and one a bit more serious. And that's why I went to St. Petersburg to re research the more serious one. Oh, my God. Um, but this feels like a trap. It's, uh, no, it's interesting because when I, a guy showed me around in St. Petersburg and he said not that many people in Russia really know much about Rasputin or care. The royal family have become like icons and saints and stuff, haven't they? So the, the, they, the communists killed all the royal family quite, yeah. quite grottily. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but then one girl survived and then she sang in the streets <laughs> the film Anastasia unfortunately has proven not to be as true as one would hope there that was a magic a very, rat that is a, that is a, that's a really uh, in, you know, beguiling story there's so much myth that comes out of, uh, of that part of Russian history which I think is interesting which Rasputin becomes part of none of the stuff that, happened, that really they talk about Rasputin very little of it could logically have happened um, but but you think he cured hemophilia? Well, I think he did. Some, he definitely did something that stopped the the prince having you know bleeding. Okay. Which might have just been as simple as the doctors were giving him aspirin, uh, which is the wrong thing to do for hemophilia. <laughs> so if he went to in and said stop, the, get rid of the doctors, then he wouldn't have taken aspirin, and then he wouldn't. It makes you bleed more if you take okay. aspirin. So the doctors got it wrong there. Uh, or he might just have calmed everyone down. Or he might be magic. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think he is magic. Okay. Uh, and, he, and his penis... Uh, Wait, it, so it wasn't big? I don't think it was necessarily that big. There's, it's, there's, Wait, there's, where'd that rumour come from? Well, because that's, that's what everyone wants to... Believe. I mean, he might, you know, he, he, he had sex with loads of people, but I don't think he had sex with the Tsarina. But his, Tsarina. his penis is meant to be on display in one of the museums in St. Petersburg, but it's a sea cucumber which I doubt was his penis. His autopsy mentions nothing about having his penis uh, cut off. I know a lot about Rasputin. We could talk about him all day, but it's... I feel like my childhood has been ruined. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what a beautiful city, and I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, it all kind of fell apart in, in, uh, that, during the war, 1916, uh, and the wealth of the royal family and also Yusupov, who killed Rasputin, I went to his palace. It was insane, the amount of wealth against the amount of poverty yeah. in, in Russia there, which should be a lesson to us all in the future here, uh, where you have basically billionaires and everyone else has nothing. Eventually, it, all, it goes a bit wrong for the billionaires. Fingers crossed. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. It's just, I feel like every political regime that has ever been thought of has gone to Russia and they just fucked it every single time. Yeah. They were like try communism and they're like we can't we're just gonna do it really really poorly and kill everyone and now they're like trying capitalism and they're failing at that too yeah they're doing, they're i don't doing, like russia very much they're doing pretty well at taking over the world and installing their own leaders in each country okay what are we saying what are, what are we putting as good um well that if from their point of view that's putin's doing pretty well from from his point of view isn't he? he's got trump in which is his guy he's got boris johnson in his guy Boris Johnson, who's not, as we're recording this, is not allowing the report about Russian interference in the Tory yeah, party to, yeah, 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 yeah. to go out. I know what's in them if anybody wants to tweet me out. <laughs> but your family is, I mean, we're, we can we're maybe, maybe talk about it later, but the, your family's kind of caught, quite caught up, and your dad was the deputy prime minister of Russia for a little while. Yeah. That's pretty a cool thing to come out with. I mean, it was cool when I was, like, at university trying to get, like, hot dudes to sleep with me. <laughs> Just be like, hey, guess what? <laughs> They never did. It must work out our best. But Chelsea Clinton gets more than she has earned. <laughs> I'd give Chelsea Clinton a go. We'd all fuck Chelsea yeah, Clinton. We would. 
So it must have been that. My dad's deputy... Pri- I mean, to be fair, like the deputy prime ministers of the United Kingdom, that was John Prescott for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, my dad's John Prescott. Yeah, I want to be the guy who fucked John Prescott's daughter. Um, uh, so what we may be talking because you did do a show around that as well, but um, you, so you, you left, as a teenager, you left Russia because your dad was presumably had fallen out of favour in the... Yeah, 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 yeah. he wasn't very popular. <laughs> and so you went to, you lived in Lingland, Surrey and went to the American, oh God, is that right? It's so weird to have Richard Herring yeah, to tell your life about... story back to you. Yeah. If I get it wrong, do let me know. I, I uh, doubt I did. I knew everything about Rasputin, so I haven't even been reading about him on Wikipedia today. <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, but you went to America. You studied in America, in New York. Yes, I went to university in America. So you, because you were in something called the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is... That's... Oh, I like, I took classes there. Okay. That is, that is false advertising. Is it? it's, a, it, it's, it's like the improv place. Right. But I just took classes there. Is that how you got into... Is that what sort of got you interested in comedy, or were you... Oh, God. I should have really good answers to this, shouldn't I? Yeah. Okay, cool, great, fantastic. Especially Um, if you've done studied improv. (laughs) Just make something up. (laughs) Richard Herring's roasting me. (laughs) I think I started doing stand-up the way most stand-ups started doing stand-up. I was... Very, very unattractive in high school. <laughs> so you did, you, were, you were doing stuff that uh, in, in the UK before you went to America, or you? Yeah, what? I remember. So I yeah, I did stuff in in high school, and then I was um, I, I did a bunch of sketch. Co- oh my god, I'm just falling asleep talking about that. I did sketch comedy at university, and then I moved here, and I didn't know anybody, so I started doing stand up to meet people to do sketch comedy, and then I was like, I'm never sharing the stage with anybody else again. <laughs> this feels great. I'm going to be a stand up comedian. Yeah. Well, you're great. It's, there's lots of clips online that people can go and check out and check check out those uh, the the video. Check out ch- those clips. Check out the videos of uh, chopping cocks up. Uh, that's well worth seeing. It's really you've got a very confident and strong persona. I would say for somebody who's pretty, you know, you were born in 1992, which makes me feel physically ill. <laughs> that you could, I don't understand how you're an adult. Uh, I have that effect <laughs> on men. That doesn't make that doesn't register to me. Um, but you, you, you seem to have a very strong presence on stage and a, and a persona very well worked out. Thank you so much. That's all right. I mean, it's not, it does not translate to podcast appearances yet, <laughs> but we'll get there. It's all cool. Um, and what I, there's a, the, other, the other thing I nearly introduced you with, which is awesome and you must watch, is Olga Koch has her cake and eats it. Oh, yeah. Which is a short film about you making an ex-boyfriend out of cake. And eating him. And then eating him. And then vomiting him out. Yeah. It's the Please kind of thing that appeals to I did, I, did I did a series of sketches about me building a, a sex robot out of toasters and then <laughs> the complications that came from that. It sort of, it, it, it reminded me of that. Is it cheating to have sex with a boyfriend made of cake? I don't think it is, is it? So if you're in a relationship, you're in, in the sketch, you're in a relationship. I mean, it's not a sketch. The whole thing was true. Yeah, did you... Have, <laughs> so you made him... He just keeps referring to the sketch. It's by it's no just, means a sketch. It was just a fly-on-the-wall documentary of you eating your boyfriend. I mean, you did do it. I did do it, and it was how an far did you get? How far did you get through? His, pe- an... his penis is an eclair. His penis is an eclair. Yeah. I mean, is his I penis an eclair? I don't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> is his actual penis an eclair? No. Because that would be... Uh, also, very big penis. Yeah, Hello, well, Raphael. Yeah. Please don't beep this out. Um, I still love you. Uh, no. <laughs> 
It's not, you know, in a way, if I was your ex-boyfriend watching that, it's sort of flattering. Yeah, he loved it. He showed it to all his friends. <laughs> oh, of course you'd love that. Everyone loves a bit of attention. Yeah. Oh. So what, what, just what gave you the idea to eat him as a, what, what, was, what was the thinking behind Well, I think I was really inspired by just performance, female performance artists, and, yeah. I, and, and it was like Marina Abramovich and Sophie Kell, and I just finished Chris Krause's, like, I love dick at the time, and I was like, I'm going to do something like that. And then I made him to scale out of cake, and I remember I, friend, I asked my friend Ali to come film it, and it, like the first 40 minutes, he's like, this is hilarious, and about four hours in, he's like, okay, I need to leave. <laughs> How far through did you actually get? It didn't seem like you got all the way. In, no, no, in no of course not. And then I remember, like, I was volunteering at a school, and I showed up to the school with, like, his torso. <laughs> I was like, don't ask questions. This is free, free cake. <laughs> I don't think you can give that to kids, that no. cake. I don't think that's right. Is that, I mean, I ate the eclair. Yeah. Just the torso. It's very good. Um, let me ask you some emergency questions. Please. Yeah. The people of Cambridge demand it. I'm going to go early, so they'll be happy. Um, okay, this is, this is one of the earliest questions. Uh, <laughs> if you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to... People are cheering. It's like being in a, it's like being in a pop concert. An octopus. Which animal? Yeah, an octopus. Yeah. What, what's, what appeals to you about the octopus? Just eight different tentacles. Yeah. Just everywhere. Just want hands, you want tentacles yeah. all over you. <laughs> yeah, it's like having group sex with one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, is, the, is the bit that shoots ink out different than it's... Is that a third orifice or does that come out of one of the... Has it got a cloaca or has it got, has it got like sexual organs, a bum and an ink thing? Or is it all one? You need to research this more I'm just, thoroughly if you're going to choose an octopus. Which is no, because I'm trying, I'm trying to picture, like, am I thinking of, like, a tiny one, like the one that predicted the World Cup? Yeah. Or are we talking, like, Kraken from, like, a, like a pirate story? Yeah, I think... Well, Would I, I fuck a Kraken? <laughs> or is the fuck... Is the Kraken fucking me? Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you seen that uh, Korean film? Is it The Handmaiden? I haven't seen it. Is it is, do, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's this, I think it's called The Handmaiden, and it's this like Korean fantasy film. And it was about these like two beautiful princesses who fall in love, and then there's like, and then there's an octopus that has sex with someone. <laughs> well, I'm definitely watching I it I was now. in theaters. It was genuinely in theaters. This is not a porno. Is that why you jumped into octopus? You were very sure about well, octopus. I, I mean, I don't think, I think you thought about that question before, is what I'm saying. Independently, it's my favorite animal. It has yeah. always been my favorite animal. And I was like, but do I like it as more than a friend? <laughs> would you go aquatic or would you go on the land with it? I mean, it's that... No, underwater, 100%. Underwater, yeah. 100%. Yeah. If an octopus that you'd had sex with came onto the land, do you think it would turn into a human like in another <laughs> Disney film? <laughs> I think we might have got a new Disney film. It does involve you fucking an octopus to start it. But the rest of it is going to be quite sweet. <laughs> like, you know, if you turned an octopus into a human, it would quite have big eyes. Be good, wouldn't it? Square ink. Um, all right, this is a new emergency question. Um, newer. Um, if you could have any one item from any art gallery or museum in the world, and you're allowed to keep it and take it home, is there something you would like to have? From you can take anything. It can be a, a, a work of art or an artifact from any museum, or anything you've seen. Rasputin's penis. Yeah, I thought that might come up. It's not really his penis. I just, you could have bought a okay. sea cucumber. 
You're obsessed that's with what the octopus is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. What? You can have Rasputin's penis. I mean, I'd, be, I'd, I'd take it as a curio. Have you ever, did you ever go to the Yusupov Palace and see where Rasputin was shot? I've been there. No, I'm sorry. So you're not that interested. <laughs> if I was Russian, I'd be all over Rasputin, and I'm not, and I am. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be fascinated by that? Um, well, you've just, you've just disproved all the fun stuff about him. He didn't fuck the Zarina. His penis was not a sea cucumber. I'm not interested. It's more interesting that the, he's become a myth in his own, you know, in a hundred years, he's turned into a mythical figure. What would, what would you want attributed to you in like a hundred years? Um, like Richard Herring had. Um, I mean, you know, if, I wouldn't mind if it was the penis. <laughs> I, would, I, I would sort of like, if I could donate one thing to a museum and people have done that, someone did, I went to the penis museum in um, Iceland which uh, before, that they have got a human penis there now, someone donated their penis to it. But I, as I get older, I'm an old man now, and I sort of think, I I'm not worried about dying, but I'm, I'm regretting the fact that my penis will not survive me. <laughs> I feel my penis is more important than the rest of me, and it's good, I've got a good one, it's a nice one. <laughs> so I'd kind of like it to be... Do you want to hedge your bets and cut it off now? I think I'll keep it. It's not much use to me anymore. Okay. So I, there is a point we think, well, yeah, we'll take it off now and make sure it's all done well. Right, cryogenically and, uh, and, and just pump it, you've got to pump it up a bit. You've got to get it at the right moment so that it's... If you leave it too long, it'll just shrivel up and then it will, you know, look like Rasputin's penis in a, in a jar. You've got to get it so you can pump it up and, and have it in its... But it'd be nice that that... It should live on, shouldn't it? It's a shame that, I'm... that my penis will not survive <laughs> my death. I don't care about any of the rest of the stuff. Uh -huh. It's a good one. It's, it's going to be in the Museum of Comedy. It could, I could put it in the museum. <laughs> um, oh, there's a new one about Muppet. I wanted to see this, this Muppet. There's a new Muppet one in here. that I, I was going to ask you a different Muppet question. Here, I, I'm sorry that everything's so genital-based, Olga. I, that I don't know. usually happens with me. I, Have I you heard my what, last name? I don't, yeah. I've, done, I've been very classy and not mentioned it, but <laughs> just asked you about it, everything about it. It must be something to do. If your genitals had to be replaced by the face of one of the Muppets... The operative face, word being had to. <laughs> the face would be able to interact and communicate in exactly the same way as the puppet. Which Muppet face would replace your genitals? Please explain your thinking. Do you like, I mean, I have the worst answer ever. I don't know anything about the Muppets. I can't believe it. I'm so sorry. I've tried my best to assimilate as much as I can, but there's so much culture that I've missed out on that I'm just like, Mr. Blobby, like just trying to consume all of it. I'll let, you have, so I'll, much shorter I'll let you have Mr. Blobby. I'll count him as a Muppet. <laughs> all right, like fine. My, my badge will be Blobby. Mr. Blobby. It'll be quite off-putting for anyone It wouldn't look that different, am I Blobby, right? Blobby. <laughs> Do you know, it's because you, you learn English by listening to The Simpsons, watching The Simpsons and Friends. Is that correct? That's what I read somewhere. It, I mean, it, it, was, it was not, it was Friends and then I know nothing about The Simpsons either. Oh, this really? is okay. horrible. This is, yeah. More of so a family guy. <laughs> so so you, you were learning English, right? you didn't just learn, you don't, you, know, you don't start everyone, could you be any more annoying? You're not, it's not like that. How you doing? It's not, like, it's not just things from... Friends that you have to say. Well, initially, yeah, it was yeah. like because basically because I started, I was born right after the fall of the Iron Curtain. My mom, like both my parents, specifically my mom, was consuming American culture for the first time as I was. So she'd be watching Little Mermaid with me in the original, just being like, "What? <laughs> She's half fish." <laughs> but it's fascinating that that change to, and you presumably can remember the 
because advertising came in and things like McDonald's yeah. was coming in. Yeah. Oh my God, a crazy thing about McDonald's is like they would line up to go to the, the first ever McDonald's, which was in Moscow, and then they um, saved all the cups and the straws and like washed them and put them in their drawers. Right. Yeah, because they were like never seen like disposable cutlery before. It was fucking cool. Yeah. So do you remember what life was like before all of that? Is that is... Oh, I was born like right after. So yeah. I was like the first kid in Russia to use a diaper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can you confirm that? Sort of. <laughs> it was the first generation, yeah, yeah. the diaper generation. And what, throw, uh, throw away diapers? Yeah, yeah, Nappy. yeah. Nappies, it's nappies. Is that what it is? Yeah. I just thought that people are here in this theatre are very confused. English is my second language, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we understand diapers. Uh, so yeah, so, yeah, so, and then you left in the early 2000, mid-2000s? Is that right? Or yeah. Was, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, what have I got now? I'll try I mean, for and, a Russian person, I'll, this is quite triggering because it just try, sounds like an interrogation. I'll try, I'll, <laughs> I'll try and avoid anything with, um, with references. Oh, no, that's, that one's about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Let's... I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Okay, so people know that the current president of Ukraine is, was a comedian. Yeah. The previous one owned a chocolate factory. Wow. Isn't that even funnier? <laughs> Did the guy win the presidency from going into the chocolate factory, the new one, the comedian? <laughs> Be good. Uh, what is your favorite kind of non-human milk to drink? Do you have milk in Russia? That's very funny. Thank you. <laughs> um, depend, depend, I mean, oat, oat. Oat milk? Oat is the one to go oh, with. Everything good. else is bullshit. Yeah, okay. My wife drinks coconut milk. My wife's gone off drinking uh, milk. She saw Simon Amstel did a big, uh, it wasn't really a documentary, was it? It was like a dra drama, but with lots of facts in it. And there was some horrible stuff about how cow milk is produced. I'm still drinking it. But um, <laughs> I'd drink a bit more, if anything. Yeah. But uh, just to make up for my wife stopping. <laughs> she, has, she has coconut. She didn't really like the oat milk. Isn't it a bit, is it, isn't the consistency a bit? I think coconut is too strong. Like, okay. it's just, it just over overwhelms the, the palate with itself with itself yeah and i just want the milk to be in addition to the flavor palette as opposed to the kind of solo okay, okay. It's, this is all very millennial they do they don't they drink milk that hasn't come out of a teat i do not approve <laughs> has to come out <laughs> um, uh, okay we'll do one more of these and then we'll find out some more about your life um Okay, we'll ask this. They'll be happy. The, the, the audience will be happy about this. Would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder? <laughs> just for the audience. Okay. Just doing for the audience. Or a finger that can travel through time. I mean, obviously it's a finger. Wait, a that finger can that can travel through yeah, time? Your finger can go through time. Okay. Change anything in the past or the future or the present. But your finger can do that anyway. Yeah. But you can't go. And only, you can look in and see what's going on. And you can see what you're going to So you can very mildly affect the past or the future with a digit. Okay, so in the past, it's still my finger. Yeah, it's still attached to you, so you're still controlling it. But if you were in the past, you would just see a finger floating and go, what the fuck? Yeah. Where did that... But from your point of view, I understand what's going on. It's my finger. It's in the Middle Ages. It's touching Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> or whatever. I mean, that you, don't, you can choose something else. It's like the Sistine <laughs> but, Chapel. Yeah, you go, yeah, good thing. That's... Maybe that was the, the subconscious. You got anything you want? Like? Or you can have a tit. Oh, which no one chooses. You can have a talcum powder. Uh, 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 you, uh, 
press your tit and talcum powder will come out as much as you want. As you I think I'm going to go for the tit talcum. Just because, I mean, I think as a, as a kid, having uh, watched Back to the Future and all like all the sci-fi stuff, you don't want to fuck with the time. Well, you don't want to end up in like the evil timeline in Back to the Future Two, where Biff owns the hotel and your mom has fake tits. <laughs> We're kind of in that timeline, though, so maybe you could change that. <laughs> yeah, so some too many people chose the finger, <laughs> whereas like it was because you chose the tit. The defense that could be the reason we're in this timeline because you went for the tit, not going back in time no, what I'm and saying, do, I'm Obama, just... don't do those jokes about Donald Trump. It'll make him want to undo everything you've done. That's basically <laughs> the reason. Don't you think that's... Ba- that speech that Obama did, have you seen that footage? It's a president's dinner and Obama's doing a little roast of everyone and Donald Trump's in the audience and he does about three jokes about Donald Trump and everyone's laughing and Donald Trump's sitting there going... And that moment, I think, was the moment Donald Trump decided I'm going to become president, which he was also planning to, and I'm going to overturn every single thing that Obama has done. That's all he's doing. He's you just... know that's going to be in a movie in like 50 years. That's going definitely going to be like a plot point in a film, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's it. So you could go back, poke Still Obama. It's not, I mean, I'm victim-blaming because Obama was very funny and Donald Trump should have a better sense of humour about himself. <laughs> I mean, he really should. Um, <laughs> But, you know, poke him in the eye and he can't do those jokes and then we'll all be all right. That was the moment. That's, the, that's what destroyed Western civilization. But watch what Mike Dick did. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing... Um, yeah, you're part of a little gang of newer comedians doing little films on, with the BBC, like the, the ones we mentioned. There's another mon- Monopoly for Millennials, which is, is lots of fun to watch. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So... Um, is it, do you feel that? Do you feel there's like a new wave of... There's a lot of comedians I recognise in, in, in both, in all the old films, really, so the newer people. Is it... Is, I just have are you working friends. together? <laughs> I just don't have any friends. Um, I, I, I suppose... I feel like that's kind of every graduating class of comedians yeah. just kind of sticks together. Yeah. Because it's terrifying otherwise. And, and what are you, are, are you... Are you trying to do bigger things than writing the, these these little things or are you, are you working on any, anything else in, in writing terms because you're obviously a good writer am I? yes oh my god this is really you this is on, really stressful you wouldn't be on if you, you wouldn't be on if you weren't good or unless you were really bad and this brought you oh in to, to just to get everyone to laugh at you which it, it might be that no it's not that one um, it's you know it's, you're, you're doing really fantastic work and just wonder I wondered what because it's it's actually quite difficult I think most comedians who've broken through are like 35 40 now when in my day you could be 25 and get your own TV show with a bit of luck but now it feels like it's a it's a lot longer journey to get to that stage maybe I could get my own podcast well you could do that now and you probably have done it now but you can do you can do a podcast that's the reason I'm doing podcasts because no one else will employ me. And it's fine. It's worked out okay. This is a fucking institution. <laughs> I know. It's worked out okay. But, but you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, I can a third fill a, a theatre in Carton Cambridge. <laughs> Which is a lot better than I could do when I was on telly. So that's fine. <laughs> it's the dead medium. Uh, but is it, is it something you're working towards? Or are you just yeah, sort of my, I think my career ambition is to one day perform at Cambridge Junction on Saturday, <laughs> February 22nd with my tour show. Hooray! Please come. <laughs> you must come. It's fantastic, fantastic oh, shows. Um, but um, yeah, well, I was going to ask you throw you throw me off for a second. See, even I can crumble under the intense pressure of this podcast. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it's, I, I don't know, is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it part of the plan? Do you have a plan? Or do you, you obviously you've done the Edinburgh shows, you've, you've got this tour show, you did well. So the show that got, you got nominated for the Best Newcomer? Yes. Uh, and is that the show you're touring now? No, no, no. So that um, I've done as a radio special on Radio 4. Yeah. If you want to check that out. Um, and also, fingers crossed, that is being developed into a TV show. But the second hour is the one that I'm touring okay. now. And I'm writing a third one. Cool. And that is all I can... That's all my brain can fit. Yeah. But, the, I mean, that is... An, it's, about, it's the story about your... About Russia and about your dad, right? The, yeah. The, so, I mean, that's... We don't have to. We don't have to give away the the story, but it's a it's a pretty amazing thing to have in the in the locker, isn't it? That your dad was the deputy prime minister of Russia. Yeah. That he kind of went missing. Is that right? Yeah. In an airport, and he he's all right. As, as it was happening, I was like, I need to call HBO. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna love this. <laughs> well, as a comedian, everything's kind of good, but you do you, you know, and it's a presumably a happy ending because he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hasn't disappeared. He's not still in the airport. He's got out of the airport. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in the actual story. But it's. But that's. That's a pretty, you know, exciting thing to have as a. When, once you've got through it, or as a comedian, to have a story like that. Yeah. But a, you've got that connection to like a major political figure. Uh, right. And and b that there's this story about him and presumably also about your, yourself and your own. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a really cool story, I'm not going to lie, because it's no. not my own, so I'm very happy to say, objectively say, it's a really good story. The problem with it is that he's not a very nice man, <laughs> and um, uh, me and my director and writing partner, Charlie Dinkin, who's incredible, we had to like sit down and just be like, I can't believe that the first thing that we're putting out into the universe is like us trying to make a dude look better than he actually is. <laughs> and then the second hour that I wrote wasn't about an ex-boyfriend that I had, and he was terrible, and then we're like, no, no one's going to want to hear this if we make him that unlikable as he was in real life. So we were actively trying to make him a better boyfriend than he was. Okay. And so the two hours of comedy that I've put out into the universe are both about making white guys look better than they are. <laughs> that is my legacy. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for your, thank you for your work on that. And, and what's the next show going to be about? Do you know? Can you give us... Uh, some oh, God. Clues? I know what I want it to be about. Yeah. So, I don't, this is not going to be funny, but I'm very excited about okay. So I'm like absolutely fascinated by ethnic enclaves everywhere around the world. Mm -hmm. Like Chinatown is an ethnic enclave. Yeah. Like you're in, we're in Cambridge, you know what the fuck it is. <laughs> um, and so essentially my family comes, so my last name is German, and so they come from a German ethnic enclave in Russia. And then I, in high, for high school, I went to an American high school here in England, which was in itself a sort of ethnic enclave. And how my whole, like even my name, Olga is the most common name in Russia, and Koch is the co most common name, last name in Germany. And how this like idea of ethnic enclaves has just been a theme in my life. Okay. Yeah. And how, what, do, do you know the oldest Chinatown in the world? I think it was opened in, in 1594 in Manila. Oh. I'd have gone for somewhere in China. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Manila. Yeah. Where the envelopes come from. Hey. <laughs> where is Manila? I can't think where it is. Genuinely. Is the Philippines? Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, thank fucking god. <sighs> That's good. You asked me a serious question, and then you did really good punchline. <laughs> That's my job. Um, <laughs> That's what I do. I should learn. And so, you, obviously, you. Uh, Fluent, at least in uh, English and Russian. Do you, do you do comedy in Russian? Does it? Can you, I saw something that it doesn't. 
you don't feel it works in Russian or... Well, I mean, I'd made the horrible mistake of not preparing a set in Russian. I just thought I'd translate my English stuff. But Russian has more words in it, so the puns don't work. Right. So it must... There there are Russian uh, stand-ups, though, right? I mean, there are Russians who... Yeah, 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 yeah. Who work in Russian. It's yeah. not like an impossible. Oh, no, language. no, it is possible. You just have to, like, do it. Do some work. Because like, <laughs> in German, every, oh, the order of all the sentences is sort of the yeah. other way around. Is it similar to that? So that you're. Yeah, well, so in German, you can't do, like, a pullback and reveal because the word order means you start with the last word. Yeah. And so that messes everything up. Yeah. Uh, but in Russian, I think it's just that we have so many words that you can't do wordplay as easily. Yeah. And also, people are just more sensitive. <laughs> I've got quite a lot I've got a, there's a group of, I'm not just going to say I've got quite a lot of Russian fans there's a group of people in Russia who translate all my DVDs and put up the, the is it you? yeah thanks thanks for that <laughs> nice to get you on <laughs> so you know so my comedy translates into Russian that's what I'm saying <laughs> but it's quite good fun to watch because I talk way too fast uh, and my shows are, you know, I do long shows where I talk very, very fast. And I think I've watched one where it's a man over the top just very, very quickly speaking in Russian. And I, can't, I, can't. Oh I won't God, try I'm... and do the voice. I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do Russian. Oh, I am Russian. It's like that. Did that was that basically, could you basically understand what I was saying? That's basically so close to being You should Russian. get one of those, oh my, the, the, the ladies that like do British Sign Language yeah. as the rappers rap. Have you seen videos of that? It's so cool because they really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. We've had we had we had that in with my Birmingham uh, Rahalastapa. Okay, <laughs> I had to look at you. Um, <laughs> this, is so, this is so crazy. Um, they, they they were we we had to, we were signed, we had we were interpreted for that and it is it's a lot of fun. I mean you must have had that at gig sometimes. You had that at a gig. It's a lot of fun because you deliberately just try and say as rude things as you can, right? Okay, yeah. true story. Yeah. I was doing karaoke in Edinburgh, and a guy went on stage, and he signed the entirety of Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Is he here now? <laughs> we'll get, him, so we'll get cool. him to do it. I've got a lot of problems with Skater Boy. <gasps> Tell me. Well. Let's go. I've got a lot of problems with it. It doesn't really make sense. Because um, how he says... He was a boy, she was a girl. Can she make it any more obvious? I think there's a lot of presumptions. I mean, that's the, there's a lot of people who are boys and girls and there's nothing obvious going on. Um, it, it's basically, he's never going to tell that he fancies this woman, but somehow Avril Lavigne knows about it. Um, it's all about having a go at the woman for being the object of his affection without... He's never told her that he fancies her, but he's having a go at her. And then she ends up pregnant and, and Avril Lavigne sort of crowing, I'm going out with this cool bloke and you're not and she didn't even know he fancied her seems very unfair to me also there's a time shift in it it goes five years from now halfway through the through the song you can't do that in a song you can't go I'm now going five years into the future you can't go from now five years from now she's at home having a baby she's all and alone and there's a floating finger yeah <laughs> I wrote a blog about it look that up I can't remember this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was this, like, really big, like, flash in the 90s and the 2000s where they were, like, it felt feminist, but then you dug into it and you're like, absolutely, in no way, this is horrible. All these women are awful to each other. And I think Avril Lavigne, and I think it's... it's, it's, Is it partly a true story? She basically went out with someone and then... She's not... she She hasn't got any foresight. In 10 years' time, that skater boy will be fucking someone else, Avril, which she probably is anyway. You've got fucking... Just have a sense of your own... 
have a sense of how stupid you are. Uh, You're not cool for going out with an ex-skater boy who's a rock star. Rock star the, a pop career is a, a fragile thing. It probably won't be going in 10 years. It'll be working in a bank and you'll have gone somewhere else. Okay, fair enough. It's Furious not okay. with that it's, not, it's not okay to bully a pregnant woman, but do you not think having been married to Chad Kroger of Nickelback is punishment enough? Yeah. <laughs> you may be right. Anyway, we'll leave that behind. Um, you started... The thing is, she married him after everybody was like, Nickelback is a bad band. <laughs> That's horrible. That's like, yeah, I don't know, applying to Lehman Brothers. <laughs> for a job. You studied computer science. I should have put this at the start because my crowd would have gone wild, right? <laughs> There's a lot of very excited men who work in IT out there now. <laughs> knowing that a, a one woman has entered their world. Oh, man. <laughs> what, do, what did you learn when you were studying computer science? That men are sexist and I don't want to hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the kind of guys who choose that kind of living, to be fair, who are... <laughs> You know, my bread and butter, I'm not going to knock them too much, but they're awful people, these, these people. Thanks for coming to the show and all the years of support. But try and be less sexist. So if you were less sexist, more women would work with you and you wouldn't be so sad. But let, let's carry on being sexist for now. Um, it's... I've got uh, Grayson Perry coming on uh, in a, very shortly uh, and uh, as we're recording this, and uh, not now. Uh, and uh, his, his book's about the descent of man. It's sort of about how... It's a very good book. Yeah. Huge fan. Have you read the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's really good. I was listening to it on the way up. Um, good. Well, look, uh, so what, you've got your tour coming up, you've got a new show coming up. Is there anything else in the pipeline in terms of... Radio or TV? I got or... some really hot Instagram stories dropping in the yeah. next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I'd keep your eyes peeled. Okay. I'll ask you a couple more emergency okay. questions. And then we will see what we will see. Keep on coming up with the burp one. I don't want to ask you that. That's no good. What's the burp one? It's about me. It's, for, it's about uh, when I was uh, at school, I, uh, there was a minute silence at the Ascension Day surface. And I did it. And my dad was the headmaster. This is, it's a... It's a he said, let's have a minute silence. And that during the minute silence, I did a massive burp that was like, but I thought it'd be funny to do a burp, but it was the loudest burp that's ever been done in human history. Uh, and then my dad had, had to deal with that. It was, so it was a, it was the, it's a pivotal moment in one of my shows um, about how my dad would react. He looked in, I think he suspected it was me, so he didn't do anything because it would have been, been kind of weird for him, right, if he'd hauled me out right. for burping in the Ascension Day service. I can't remember what the actual story is. Wait, what was the minute of science for? You know, for the, the uh, probably the, the war dead or something, or for Jesus or something like that. It was do something. You, do you want to have a burping contest right now? Yeah. I can, I don't need, I don't need. Uh, oh, really? I okay. don't need. You don't need it. I don't need. I'll do it, okay. I'll build. Last time I had to do this, though, I did, there was a, a podcast with Rob Rouse, where, I don't know if people have seen this one, where I had to, fart on stage and was unable to do so and I was going yeah I can fart it will and then I couldn't fart so I've, again I've been I've been arrogant I've been I've got hubris with my effluent I've gone fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell it's not go it's I was it. suppressing so many while he was talking and now do you <clears throat> want no what that was me people at home <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> That is a that is that was very weak. 
given how much carbonated water you drank in order for that to come out. It's difficult under the pressure of the lights. I mean, you know, in a gentleman's toilet, I can wee like Billio. I was talking about to Charlie Brooker about doing a wee that lasted three minutes. If I had to get up and wee on the floor here right now, I wouldn't be able to do it. Shall we try that? <laughs> do, you want, do you want a wee contest? Did you ever do anything like that at school? Is there a moment from school days where you did something that was transgressed all the decency of society? Can we ask another one? I mean, your dad, but see, my dad was my headmaster. Your dad was your deputy prime minister. That is, you know, that is, is we're in a similar position. <laughs> it's a difficult thing. It's scarred me. Do you think that's, it's interesting that a lot of comedians have like uh, an authority figure father. I think that is, that is a, Again, there's all these theories about different reasons people become comedians, but there do seem to be a lot of comedians who are like sons of vicars or bishops or teachers or headmasters, politicians sometimes. Do you think that's what, do you think that drove you into comedy? All I can think about is, is, a, is a burp brewing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Definitely, just because I feel, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I can make that connection, but there is definitely a pattern. Yeah. Is, was, it, was there any weird living in the... How old were you at the time he was the, the deputy prime minister? Oh, I, I barely remember it. It was like four or five. Right, okay. So there wasn't any like people at school going, yeah, your dad's deputy prime minister. I'm going to bully you. I'm not sure I would understand that. No. <laughs> if they'd said it in English. <laughs> if, I'd come in, if I'd come in as a 25-year-old man going, yeah, your dad's the deputy prime minister of Russia, you idiot. If I could travel that's through time, that's what I'm doing. That would work on me. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, okay. Well, look, this is what's come up. Is it better to have loved and lost than to have to eat nothing but Pop-Tarts for a year? I mean, Christ. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is better than that. Yeah. You'd prefer to, lo- to have loved and lost. Yeah. Do you think... Because then I could make content. Yeah. Well, so you've, you've, you can eat cake. Let them eat cake. I could make a boyfriend out of pop tarts. Yeah, you could do that. I could use my toaster robot to do it with. <laughs> oh my god, is that them two fucking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we walk in on Let's them. Let's bring fucking? it together. Let's bring oh, it together. Man, that's amazing. So I think, but you know, I think lo- loving and lo- I think it's important to love and lose before you can love properly as well. I think you need to go through that. It's a kind of, I've, you know, I've been in relationships where I knew it was going to end. I think, and yet the moment of being uh, being happy enough in the moment of love to know it was worth the pain that would come afterwards. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine now, but you know, I've, I've had some, I've had breakups that I would, that, you know, as you get older, it doesn't matter anymore. <coughs> yes, there we go. There we go. I'm, I'm glad I gave you some extra length on your mic now. Um, The late, the questions late in this book are fucking weak. I have to I'm tell so anyone, sorry anyone. Sorry that you loved and you lost. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's fine. It was what, it's what it deserved. If you're going to buy the book, emergency questions, which is available in the foyer after the show, um, just use the early ones. I'm going to give you some of the late ones. Would you rather suck off a troll or be bummed by a leprechaun? <laughs> it's good. I knew it was good, really. <laughs> What do you think? I mean, like, being bummed by a, I'd take being bummed by a leprechaun. It's got to be barely noticeable. 
A leprechaun's a tiny, a tiny yeah. thing. A troll, I imagine, has a and kind sucking of... off a troll, that's just a Saturday night for me. No. I think a troll probably has a barbed penis. Like, with, like you know, like a fish hook. You'd get it in and then the... Whereas I don't think a troll... I don't think a leprechaun has a barbed penis. So I think it's just got a little tiny Irish penis. Might be a On a mu- bed of curly ginger hair. Yeah. I think it might be quite a mushroomy penis. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I'd have a go at that. You'd get lucky with a leprechaun? Yeah. If you can, if you can get his... Get him, his, pot, his is it, you know, either you get his pot of gold or he goes, you can have my pot of gold or I'll bum you. Which do you want? <laughs> and I'd go, I'm interested in the bumming, actually. My <laughs> money... I just, that's a story, isn't it? I was bummed by a leprechaun. They go, here's my gold. <laughs> okay, we're going to do one more. It's going to be, it's got to be a good one. Why is it all time traveling cocks in this book? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this book? I'm going to find a good one. <laughs> all right, this isn't going to be the last one. This is question 964. This is where I was struggling to write questions. Do you have an envelope cupboard? I do. I have a cupboard where I keep my envelopes. Manila? <laughs> Some of them are Manila envelopes, probably. I don't know what... I've been in a film called Manila Envelopes. That's one of my... If you were going to... What I'm best known for, I was in a film called Manila Envelopes that I don't think was ever released, in which I played uh, a character called... Uh, what's the guy from the Hacienda called? Tony Wilson. That was, my character was called Tony Wilson. I was an interviewer. I think Tony Wilson was meant to play the part. Because <laughs> that's what the character was called all the way through. It was quite a bad film. A man came up to me during the film in the camera and said, oh, I just want to say how much I love your work. I went, oh, really? Thanks. It's good. He was like a Spanish guy. So you're amazing. What you've done is incredible. It's amazing. He's going, oh, thanks. How did you, have you seen my stuff? He said, oh, it's all over Spain. It's great, incredible. He thought I was Tony Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> And so I just fronted out and pretended I was Tony Wilson. I said, oh, thanks, mate, that's good, yeah. Bez is, Bez is great. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go, look, oh, there's 25 bonus questions at the end of the new uh, book. And I feel sorry for the people at home who bought the original book and didn't get the 25 extra questions. Hey, look, there's a whole, there's a, there's a whole thing that, a section here that is just for you. I Question 14 of the bonus questions. Them. Have you ever colluded with a Russian? <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to say question 15 have you ever canoodled with a Russian <laughs> no absolutely not. not no no okay. no no, absolutely not disgusting only okay. my brother have <laughs> have you ever canoed with a Russian this is very good good thank you have you uh, no but could that be like a like a prize that people bid on at the end of this podcast for charity <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> would you be prepared to go and I'll if go we on did a, canoe a, with an if we did a raffle, guy? would you prefer to go canoeing with one of these men from? I don't, <laughs> I don't think you should. <laughs> I think it'll start. It'll be like Deliverance, just right from the start. <laughs> just get out of the boat. Um, look, uh, it's been fantastic to have you on. I'm a massive fan. Do check out the Olga's tour. Do go and see it at the Cambridge Junction. It's the kind of place I used to play in the old days. <laughs> and I think you might be seeing me back there again. <laughs> there's the Cambridge Corn Exchange people are mentally ill and are happy with what's gone on tonight 
in terms of sales. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause. Olga Koch. Thank you so much for having me. Go and have a drink and a wee, and we'll see you in a bit. Thank you. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Olga Koch. Thank you to Pest for providing the musical accompaniment to these credits. I would like to thank everyone at the Cambridge Corn Exchange. I would like to also thank myself for being fantastic. I'd like to thank Chris Evans, not that one, for all of his hard work. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who knows me and my mum and dad. The uh, producer of this show, I think, was James Hingley. Uh, If not, I just did it myself. I was all right. I'm indebted to my series producer, Ben Walker. My executive producer is Sarah Gage. She was a good executive producer. Uh, This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Check out twitch.tv slash rkherring for loads more content. Check out gofasterstrike.com slash badges or just gofasterstrike.com and help us through this crisis. Maybe you're beyond the crisis and listening to it during another crisis. Help us through that crisis too. It's just going to be crisis all the way now. Thanks very much for listening and watching. Goodbye.